0: Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is the Monkey Tooth Podcast and I'm your host, Andrew Couch. And with my wife, Tiffany Couch, we're doing this thing every other week. It is right now kind of late March. We are leaving May the 1st, not a whole heck of a lot of time left. And what we're leaving to do is drive our custom-built Sprinter van from the Bay Area of California to Alaska, where we'll spend some time, and then we're going to turn around and go all the way down to Argentina and maybe back. Um, That's going to take about two years. And in the meantime, we're doing podcasts with people doing fun and interesting things. So before we leave, we've got friends and neighbors and just people that we know are cool in this area to sort of iron out the kinks, make sure we know what we're doing with this podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. If you're out there listening to this thing, tell me how we're doing. I hope the audio quality is cool. Hope everything's good. I want to hear from you. Please tell me what you think. Unless what you think is uncharitable, then keep it to your fucking self. Okay. The guy we're talking to today, J.T. He is the VP Vice President of Bakery Operations at Simi Freddy's Bakery in Alameda, California. This bakery is enormous. It's uh, like a green bakery, which is kind of cool. Lots of natural light. Um, they recycle tons of stuff. Uh, they use as little water as possible, and they use a lot of they recycle a lot of their water. Really, really cool place. JT took us on a tour once. Uh, very impressive, and their bread is still amazing. Which is, you know, a lot of times you associate large production with lower quality. Not the case. I'm not doing an ad for Semi Freddy's. I'm not getting paid by Semi Freddy's. I just think their bread's great, and I think their VP of bakery operations is a cool motherfucker. JT is the kind of guy who can uh, operate this intense machine. All these different moving parts, get bread out, get all these different products just fine. And at the same time, he's creative and a lover and an interesting character. He traveled the world and fell in love, and you're going to hear all about that. It's a a kind of sweet, wild story to me. So I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Uh, Also, just a little bit more context with JT. He uh, baked for uh, the Baker's Guild of America, the Team USA baking team, and he won gold at a competition in 2011 in Italy. Anytime you can go from the U.S. and win something in Italy that relates to food, I think that's a pretty strong accomplishment. I have a lot of respect for Italians and their ability to cook delicious stuff. So to go over there... Our pal JT represented. Very glad he did. Thank you for your service, JT. Thank you for your bread. Okay, coming up, Mr. JT, enjoy. We're live. We're recording right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm in uh, John Treadgold? Right. Treadgold. Treadgold. It's, it's funny when you know someone as, like I've got a friend whose name is, his name is Sean, but I just call him Shooter. And to call him Sean,
1: I've never called him Sean. Yeah, know? to hear my name, John Treadcord. Yeah, to call you so, John Treadcord. So the only JT. thing I say at the bank or something. You know? Right. <laughs>
0: your your coworkers
1: call you JT. Yeah. Everybody calls you Everyone JT. Everyone calls me JT. We're insanely injured. daughter India. calls me JT. Your yeah. daughter calls you JT. Yeah, JT. Yeah, she doesn't call me dad. That's hilarious. Hey, JT. <laughs> that's taking it all the way, man.
0: When like <laughs> your, your offspring call you by your nickname, that's yes. full commitment to nicknamery.
1: Well, I call her Bean. I never call her Asia. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a pretty hip. People say, How, how's Asia? And I said, oh, Bean's fine. <laughs> and great. I said, hey, what's up, Bean?
0: That's cute. How long have you been doing that? Just her whole life? as long as She's been able to.
1: Yeah, first day she came out, we called her Bean. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. She was purple. And she had the umbilical cord around her neck. Whoa. So, you know, baby's popping out. It's purple. And the cord, the cord is around her neck. So she was getting delivered, you know. Something got trapped. Yeah. And then the doctor was like, okay, it's, it's normal blue, purple, pink, you know. Wow. Yeah. Well, they well. do come out with a really strong color, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever see your first kid, they don't come out pink and white with blood. I'm going to take your word for yes. it.
0: Yes. I'm just going to believe
1: you. <laughs> so she's Dane and JT. Dean and JT. She's 25,
0: 27? Yeah, oh. 25. 25, wow. Yeah. 26, sorry. Man, a quarter century of kid. A <laughs> <an laughs> quarter century of kid. It's intense. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are yeah. in beautiful, sunny San Leandro. Uh, everything's good. We're swimming. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, for those people who don't know you, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> Oh, who am I? So we'll, we'll stay with we'll, we'll stay with who am I? Some days I'm someone, and some days I'm someone else. I've recognized mm. that I'm not one personality. Mm. <clears throat> uh, I can switch and morph between my personalities depending on my situation. Sure, I think that's who I am. I don't have one way of thinking or living or. Uh, I I like to think of myself as somebody that can morph into any situation. Yeah. Whether it be professional um, relationships. Um, I don't have, I'm not one of these people that have a checklist. If, if I don't have a checklist for somebody that can be my friend or somebody that can, I don't have a checklist of what a good neighbor is. Yeah, well, that's how I got into yeah. your friend network, by yeah.
0: your low standards. <laughs> no, it's
1: just like, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Sure. There's no checklist for somebody yeah. to be welcomed in my life, mm. or somebody that I want to be friends with, or close with. Mm. Um, so then you don't shut shut any doors, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, I met you guys a year and a half ago. Mm you know and uh, it was one of those chance things I mean you were living next door so it became a sort of a natural thing right but it could have been very much like some of my neighbours here there's a neighbour down the road there that seems like a really nice guy but I have no interest in being his friend Hmm. or hanging out even saying hello we we just do the neighbourly sort of head nod right yeah and that's it and we're both okay with that yeah and then some neighbours here I'm really close with yeah and you've you've lived in a lot of places. Is that a universal? The the neighborly head nod?
0: Uh is that a, is that something that you see in Turkey? No. No. That's an American thing?
1: Um or, Yeah. Or a Western you know, thing, maybe? I don't know. Here it might be a Western thing, not necessarily American. Yeah. Like in the UK, you definitely have this the civil way of interacting in the street. It's very similar to yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um In fact I said the last time I saw my, my sister, she lives in London, um, I said, you guys, the one thing that British people have that you must preserve is this wonderful way of being civilized with each other in the street, even with perfect strangers. Yeah. But they're losing that. And it's not here. It, it's pretty much gone here. What, what um, would you say is the difference? What's the... Like, I, I could stop. People might walk past my house. I recognize them and we'll talk, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, but there's some, there's some connection because we both live in this neighborhood or we both recognize each other's faces. So there's a sure. the comfort in saying hello and a bit more discussion. Right. But uh, in England, in a pub, in a, in a grocery store, people will start conversations. With total strangers. In the, in, with total strangers. Yeah. And saying, oh, look at the price of butter. What do you think of that? You know, <laughs> yeah. even it might be very simple and practical, right. but then there will be a civilized joke about the price of butter here if i started talking to somebody at safeway about the price of butter yeah it, it wouldn't be except it would it would be seen as strange why why are you talking to me or, mm. do i know you yeah that's why people always look at me funny because i just i tend to do that i talk to strangers all yeah. the time people but, talk at bus stops in england you know right. what i mean sure so there's a and uh the
0: larger commonality of countrymen versus like the commonality of your
1: neighborhood. You know, you can yeah, be friends yeah. with your neighborhood, but if you live in another neighborhood, just pass by on the street. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. Your... yeah, you're anonymous, like there's no eye contact here. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I, like you, I can go between both worlds. I feel perfectly comfortable being completely
0: anonymous. Yes. And not saying anything and sort of just blending in with the, in the background. But, you know, uh, there's something about just sort of engaging with a stranger and you're, so you're off the hook. You know, you can just, be yourself and you're, you know, you're going to just kind of touch points and move along and never see one another again. And, and you can just share a moment, which I, I've always kind of liked. I'm one of those, I, I tend to offer anytime I check out at a grocery store, I, I do it every time I ask the the clerk. And if there's someone bagging, okay, would either of you like a little candy, a little piece of chocolate, they got all that little chocolate and that impulse shit that's the, right, mm-hmm. right there at the counter. Just ask if anybody, you know, Nine out of ten times they say no. But every once in a while someone's like, well, yeah, that'd be great, you know. It's kind of a... But people definitely think you're an oddball. Yeah. <laughs> you do that. They're like, oh, what's your angle? Yeah. Like, uh, if I gave them candy what, out of yeah, my what pocket... What do you want you know, from me? Yeah, if I gave them candy out of my pocket, I would for sure hope they would say no. But it's their candy. They're selling it. I'm just... checking <laughs> me to buy you one of your pieces of candy? Yeah. Right. So you are... Uh, you're jumping back and forth between any environment... Feeling yeah. pretty comfortable. Uh, that's one thing yeah. that immediately struck me about you is you are just, you seem comfortable wherever you are. You know? It's a good trait that uh, makes you trustworthy. and just feel trustworthy. Mm-hmm. It takes thought to, to act civilized. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah. one might go yeah. hand in hand with the other. So let yeah. me ask you this. Sorry to, to jump. Yeah. What would your... And it's always weird to put somebody on the spot with a definition, but how would you define civilized? What would you say... Where would you say the line between civilized and uncivilized lies in your your estimation
1: um like the fact of a total stranger offering a total stranger help lifting bag into their car yeah um simple uh, simple acts hmm. simple acts you know real con- eye contact with people in the store yeah um even the you know I always go into a store wherever I am and often they want to rush you through the checkout and sure. I'll say, good evening, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm doing okay, how are you? And I'll, and I'll, be, I'll say something that's real. I'll say, I'm not having the best day. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give <an> all a <laughs> answer. And sometimes that will go into a conversation and sometimes that will... Oh. Uh, oh, okay. it <laughs> <laughs> will be 1299, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, no, so I mean, okay. my neighbors here, some neighbors here are, are very uh, conservative and maybe feel embarrassed to say hello. So mm. uh, I respect that and sure. I don't, you know, just recognizing the person in front of me and and, yeah. and what is, what would they consider? Appropriate and friendly. What, what would they consider? Not just, I, I'm not allowed to just be myself all the time. Mm. I think that that's where people want to be. Well, this is just who I am and this is the way I am. And this is the way I look. Right. You know, I think to be civilized you got to like look around and and look at what could be what what's going to get me what's going to get me a good interaction with a person rather than just well, this is who I am and just give me that. That's all right. right. I just want you for something. I just want to pay you money so I can leave the grocery store, or Mm. or, you know, I just want you to you know get off my lawn because your dog's on it. (laughs) You know, if the dog walks on my on my, what's the big deal? Raccoons walk on it all night long, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, what? And they're not picking up their shit. No, they're leaving it, you know, and feeding the microbes and the bugs and things living in your grass.
1: So I think it's recognizing the environment around you and and what's appropriate here. Hmm. Whether I agree with you or not, it doesn't matter. Oh, man. So in the room with us right
0: now is my little dog, and he's just farted in the corner, and it is uncivilized, to say the least.
1: But in a dog's life, in a dog's world, that's the very little civilized decades.
0: (laughs) Fortunately, JT is a man, a civilized man himself, and is opening two beautiful windows and airing us out. But so, yeah, in, in New Orleans, like, they teach you as a kid. You know, that a lot of the, the kids that were in the neighborhood, there's a value. Like, like I would see, I saw a mother walking her little with her little boy, and the little boy, um, like, an older neighbor said hi, and he didn't say anything. And she snatched him. She's like, mm. boy, you say hi to Mrs. Jones. And so, so uh, yes, ma'am, hi, hey, Mrs. Jones. And it made a point of it, that you speak to your neighbors, and you're, you're friendly. Because, I mean, in New Orleans, especially, you're going to suffer power outage at some point you're going to have a hurricane you're going to need some help you're going to need your neighbors yes. So it, it you know never mind even just needing them it's just a good thing to be friendly you're going to party with your neighbors they party a lot they have a good kind of celebratory type of culture you know so it's still alive in the in the states you know there is civility but um you know it's i can see it flying out the window especially people are busy you're in your car all the time you know you especially around here a lot of people are real high you come out of your apartment or your house you're a little stoned you just maybe don't want to have a conversation with mm-hmm. your neighbor you know you try to try to keep your eyes down and just get your paper and you're maybe in your i see a lot of people in their pajamas that's a big thing up in sonoma county i've never lived anywhere where so many people are wearing their pajamas all the time the like yeah. middle of the day like Man,
1: pajamas. Yeah. i think some of my civilized thoughts um also come from my father too hmm. what was what was your father what did he do he was uh, he was a regular guy he was in World War II came out of World War II in the Navy and then joined the Civil Aviation Authority in the UK which later became all these British airports yeah and did fine for himself got got the government pension and all got, got the got what he thought was 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 great for him yeah um, but he had a lovely way of, uh, being civilized, which I've tried to adopt at certain times in my life, but it's not quite me. So I've taken from him. Right. You know, made it your um, own. Like I will stand, you obviously you go in, you go into a store and you open the door and if there's somebody right behind you, you'll you'll hold the door for that person for sure. But I'll hold the door for somebody that's 20 feet behind me or I wait by the door and then I'll open the door and the ladies will say, oh, I'm actually taking some of my personal time to stop right. and make sure I'm acting gentlemanly without right. just, I need to go in the store. I'm in the store. Great. Right. It's like, oh, there's a, here comes a lady with right. her son. Mm-hmm. I'll just hang by the door for a few seconds and I'll just open the door and yeah. she'll walk in. Um, and I've always, every once in a while, somebody says, "Why?" Well, thank you very much. And I yeah, said, surprised. "Oh, my, oh and my father would expect nothing less." Yeah, you know. Now um, oh, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah, he, you say uh, that you say that out loud. My yeah, tell them my father would, ex- would would that's cool would accept nothing less because huh. it's like um, yeah, yeah he was the sort of person that would open the car door for my mom mm. and I and and often and I always do that for my partner. I open the car door. Mm. And uh, sometimes when I'm walking around, I watch people and I watch this guy gets in his truck or his car and his wife's struggling with the bag and the baby, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's yeah. already in the car. And mm. I go like, oh, you, you, could, you, you, mm. could, you could decide to act a little differently and, mm-hmm. and, and the world would be a better place. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've lived and in No pajamas. <laughs> My father would never be seen in... Never. That would be totally unacceptable. Yes. Even yes. jeans were a little bit unacceptable for my father. Those were work yeah, yeah my the Dungaree jeans were for working. painting. Right. So he <laughs> yeah. had a, one pair of jeans in his whole life and he wore them as a fas- as a as a as a pants pantalon mm-hmm. or whatever. Um and that was in the seventies and I kinda remember him wearing those, but they didn't last long. Yeah. It was back to his slacks and his button-down blazer, right? button down mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. Dapper. Yeah, it would never thought it was dreadful not to shave if you want to have a beard fine but then you should shave every morning when you get up mm. yeah you shave every day yeah none of this it's stuff yeah no. one or the other no no
0: it's a those are interesting values that i think they are you know they're obviously not what you're basing your whole life on mm-hmm. but they kind of pinpoint the borders of how you behave you know like yeah i so I, you've lived in major metropolitan areas. I, I, I moved from Memphis, Tennessee to New York when I was 18. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a pretty, uh, my dad was a gentleman and my mom is one of the nicest people on the planet. So I was raised with that ethic of being kind and, um, the first time I experienced this, I, I'd held the door for someone, and it, for me, I, I don't care who's coming in behind me. It could be a big muscle-bound guy, it could be a lady with a kid. I'm just going to hold the door, and you know, just just a courtesy. Mm-hmm. I don't really think of it in the context of being kind to a woman or anyone. It's just you're the person behind me. I'm just going to catch that door for you, <laughs> you know, instead of a door slamming in your face. But I was chided by a um, by a woman for having held the door. I can I've got it. I can get the door for myself. And, and it was clear that her, to her, I was being patronizing, which was certainly not my intention. But I understand where you're coming from. I don't mean to patronize. it just, it's just a door, and they they swing <laughs> closed. And I, I got here first, to, so I got yeah. to hold it. So and I, it, so mm. I was a little. When I was younger, I didn't quite get that it's okay to be chided sure. for something if you your should. intentions are, you know, your intentions are your intentions and all the time your intentions are going to be misinterpreted. It's going to happen constantly throughout your life at the swing of a door is the least consequential of your misunderstandings. So uh, there was a, t- a brief time in my life where I would not do it. I would kind of almost go out of my way to just be like, well, I respect your, you know, your independence as a human being, you can get that door yourself. And then I was like, that's just not how I want to be. I, I would rather apologize for sorry for hurting your feelings by holding this door but I'm holding to her anyway but I really like yours my father would expect no less yeah that's kind of uh, it's like you're, uh, it's not even that I'm just doing this for you but I'm doing Me. it to uphold a value that's been passed down yeah. from generation that's kind of a that's a nice
1: way to look at it yeah you know? yeah I um, I didn't learn a lot from him Good. I didn't realize what I'd learned from him until maybe way 15 later. years ago way later in life hmm. how long ago um, did he pass? Oh, seven years. Hmm. Six, five. You're wearing his I don't glasses. record things like that. Are those his glasses? No, on? no, but they're similar to similar his to last them. pair. Yeah, those are great. Uh, yeah. Were they a uh... turtle shell? Turtle yeah, shell, yeah, which he would never wear. He always wore a black rim heavy black glasses. Rim, yeah, yeah kind of. they're cool. Uh, if anybody listening knows, um, yeah. knows of a, a, a British gentleman called Alan Wicker... I think he was a journalist or, an, or a guy would do like late night interviews and stuff yeah. Pete, my father would often get confused with alan wicker oh he looked like it, that comes cat. from that 60s generation of mm. the heavy black rim yeah interview glasses or you know kind the, of the, the journalist the, thing the pleated slacks that perfectly yeah. crossed yeah very little cravat and the and a, cravat, yeah it was silk cravat from france and you know, yeah blazer. <laughs> yeah. it's a hip look man yeah gotta, it is now huh mm, yeah you got to be pretty confident to pull that <laughs> off now you know That's great. See, I could do that, I could totally put a shirt if somebody if I had that clothing, I could totally wear that persona and my father would probably come out a bit more. I'll bet. That's really cool. (laughs) Like (laughs) this (laughs) particular fella walks around all day long singing shine Harry. Lives in the shade. Life don't because he thinks he's got he never about in Talking about getting chided, I think that's another thing that's missing. is It was very common for me growing up to be told I was misbehaving by a total mm. stranger walking down the street. Oh, really? yes yeah that's a good one it didn't have to be your school teacher or your or your or your yeah. aunt it was like it was very common I'd be in a store or lounge with my friends after school and the, 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 the we used to call them sweet shops like the tobacconists would say hey you boys be quiet in here and behave yourselves hmm. you know and that was, you'd be like okay yes okay, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and then we'd be quiet yeah because four or five of us in the store getting crazy after school yeah and the shopkeeper would like shout us down or riding on the bicycle on the sidewalk. Mm. People would tell me, get your bike off the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, there was, there was again, they are trying to enforce a, a yeah. civil way of, you know. Getting along. I think the com- most common one Americans maybe suffer from is they get confused with a, a culture's behavior with being rude. Mm-hmm. and uh, Taking it personally. Yeah you, yeah, you might get that if, if you're in Turkey. You, you might feel were. that they're they're being rude to you but mm-hmm. but it's it's it they're not thinking about you it's, it's not, not even, yeah. you're not even a concern they're not being rude right. it's just it's just um well you know like you going to let's say you're going to go you go into a woman's clothing store here mm-hmm. and somebody will greet you and act like they're your best friend and they right. they're there to make your day great and and they they sort of pretend to be interested in your day and all this sort of thing. Sure, day. sure. Go into a clothing store there, and, and and there'll be an associate sitting at the desk or in a chair, and they won't immediately sort of come to you and, and comfort you. Hmm.
0: Make you feel welcome in the no, store. No, you just
1: yeah. walk around, and they might not say anything for... Uh, might not say anything to you. Ever. Um, yeah, and we've walked in many as far and uh, looked around and... Um, Maybe Sarv has a question about a dress or a skirt or something because there's no price, and we'll go to the, and they'll just say, "It's thirty lira."
0: Yeah, they're just waiting on the question. They're not trying to sell. No, 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 they're not
1: trying to sell, and they're not trying to pretend to be happy to see you. You know. Yeah. (laughs) You go to a mall because every you know every every country now builds shopping malls you go to a mall and it's very western Hmm. you're going to a mall and people will be there and they'll be greeting you and smiling at you just as if you're going to macy's here yeah or even more i mean macy's is quite an unpleasant place but (laughs) you go to most stores and somebody will greet you you know yeah um no not there it's it's um but there is a warmth and a comfort there which is uh, the, the area that I've been spending time in is, is a lot of different cultures there. Mm. So this is not like I'm in this village and it's only, the you know, dominant historical traditions that happen. Right. Uh, the, the neighborhood i am been spending time in, it's quite a lot of Russians. It's only three hours from Moscow. Mm. So it's kind of treated as... Uh, your weekend retreat you buy a, you buy an apartment by the mediterranean and you fly down from moscow it's only wow. 3 hours flight wow it's like us flying down to bahar or oh, right. or the east coast flying to puerto rico or sort of yes thing. it's sort of like let's right. get away from the weekend and yeah. go south for you know so there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of people from saudi saudi arabia uh, iran ukraine um the neighborhood I'm in, you walk around and you will see like a real estate agent. yeah, and it will have English, uh, Russian, and Arabic yeah. signage. You know, buy your dream home here in all these all languages. All different languages. Yeah, and you in the neighborhood I'm in, you walk around and you can tell because yeah. these are very these are very stereotypical. Featured, Featured from, stereotypes yeah. are from some reality, and you yeah. you know, and I obviously don't look like a Turkish guy because you don't have long hair if you're a Turkish guy, it's not happening. No beards, beards for sure, more mustaches, or no, uh, not, not too much beards, but uh, it depends. Like, if you're 20, mm-hmm. um, you've got the Nikes on, you've got sure. the ripped jeans, and you you look like mm-hmm. uh, summing off of uh, youth American culture. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that person. Sure. Was, um, necessarily a Turkish natural or whatever. But no. So it's, it's, it's not the sort of country that you can base it on clothing. Right. Um, yeah. And Russian people are, are, um, quite a, quite a dominant force down there too. Yeah. Um, I just, and then people from Iran use Turkey as kind of a getaway. To be a little bit more liberal. A little bit experience. more liberal. Maybe yeah. you want to go to a bar, a restaurant, and drink some wine with dinner, which is normal for most people. But, yeah. you know, it's not happening there. Yeah. Or, um, or you want to go to a church, which you can't. You know? right. Or you, um, you just want to, uh, you know, not walk down the street. You want to walk down the street with your hair flowing let's say which you still can't do there. Right. Um and there's a lot of restrictions on movement. So I could see Turkey being a freer place. Yeah. Um you can get your and I know I know of some people that from Iran actually travel to Turkey for shopping. Really? Yeah. cuz you can get a more a wider variety just a wider it, variety of goods because um, do the sanctions have yeah some American on? products you can not get and if you right. can get you know they're fake they're faked um, okay. yeah um, no just a wider just a wide just a more westernized way of being yeah. and I like could do we have products what do we <laughs> they just have an American label on them but they're made elsewhere I was just wondering like wait
0: what product are we exporting do we
1: have <laughs> you know I don't know. I don't have the top of my head. Yeah, um, I'm thinking
0: um, every American product that I can think of is made like in Berkeley, or you know, they're just these. They're very little... They're
1: very. Dumb. They're, very uh, they're very self-sufficient. So you go to a clothing yeah. store there, and almost everything's made in Iran or Azerbaijan right. or something sure. local. And you know, people want you know Tommy Hilfiger but and sure. stuff. And so, wanna... and you want the mall experience, right. and they want the Mediterranean mm. Sea. So it's a whole package. To yeah, um, the South Coast is uh, what it's um, very Westernized. What do you want out of Turkey?
0: Are you uh, you feeling like telling me that story?
2: Well,
1: Turkey goes way back for me. It was the first country that I thought... When I was just backpacking around, I got to Turkey and... Uh, I really, really just liked being there. You were quite young when you yeah. took that trip, right? 19. Yeah. You did the sort of around the world type of. No, I didn't get around the world. This is, there's always something, there's always seems to be something in the way that. The mechanical... That make full. Yeah. So it, when I was young, all my friends, we had, you know, we had a good group of friends that were in our teenage years. Yeah. And. The, the travel goal back then was either you went into Europe or you went to India. Right. Now, you went to India really just for cheap living mm. and to smoke hashish, which is what everybody was for doing sure. in London at the time. There wasn't all these other drugs available. Yeah. So uh, I had a bunch of friends that went to India for four months, came back, so it was the best thing ever. And some of them went back a few times. Yeah. And... uh I said to myself, okay, you know, I'm going to do that too, but I'm going to do it a longer version of it. I'm not just going to fly there. So when I got to Turkey, uh, I had some problems with money and a passport went missing, so I had to come back. Yeah. And then when I came back, I, I met somebody here, and, you know, that takes another turn. So throughout my whole life, they've been trying to get further east than that. Yeah. <laughs> so last uh, last... Two, two years ago, I decided I was going to go to India and Nepal, but then reality sets in. I can't go, I can't spend 10 days in this gigantic country. I've got to, I've got to pick one and spend a month there at least and sort of get my toe wet again because I got sucked into living and career and money sure. and mortgages and I was willing to sort of like put that drive aside and just say, I'm just going to go somewhere for a month. Yeah and i'm going to go to nepal and it was a good time of year yeah and uh, so i decided to to go to nepal with just a backpack again and sleep in hostels and just have no plan Hmm. and on the way there i I found a pretty good ticket and it was uh, stopping in dubai and dubai i'd never been to it's not a place i really desperately wanted to go to um but I was like, what, what the hell? So, yeah. But instead of doing that, you know, I actually look, look for flights with long layovers. I, I don't need to get off a plane and get back on the next one within three hours or I'm not looking at that flight. Yeah. So I looked at this flight and I was like, oh, you know, I could do a 22 hour. And then I thought, you know what? I, I, I looked further out. So I did a four day layover in Dubai and wow. just got a hotel. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so much hotel building in Dubai. It's cheap it was 35 dollars for a great four-star hotel wow um and uh yeah even the guy even the guy wanted to blow dry my hair for me i mean the level of service in this hotel was insane wow. yeah i would see the the porter in the hall and in and he'd say well mr jt how are you and i say i'm fine you know that civil like sure um and uh, I said, I'm just going to go take a shower and wash my hair. And he said, oh, if you'd like me to come back later, I can blow dry your hair for you if you'd like. You know, and I wow. was like, thank you, but I'm fine. I got it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> so, I was at, so it was like, this is a good stop. So I yeah. so, so walked around Dubai and got on the tram network and everything. Um, but the first day I got there, and I'm really excited. I got in this hotel and it was a long flight. And then I see this oh. woman in the elevator. and uh, and it was one of these women that just make you stop and I stopped thinking about everything and I just saw this woman standing there and I was trying to sort of look at her and like, am I seeing this for real, you know? very gentlemanly and I said I said hi I'm JT are you staying at this hotel and she said hi I'm Sa- hello I'm Sarenaz I'm on the fourth floor and uh, I think then we just we did also say I said she said where are you from I said You're California and I said where are you from because I couldn't quite pick it out I was close she said I'm-, I'm from Iran and the door opened and she disappeared Wow. And that was their only interaction. Wow. And I thought, oh my. And I thought, oh, that was great. That was one of those sweet moments that yeah. you often have. And I said, I think that one's gonna stay with me for a while, you know? Yeah. It was great. A shared smile. A genuinely contact. like, oh, that's nice of you just say hello. And yeah. She yeah. was very warm and and very beautiful and and I was like, okay, so I instantly weighed up what just happened. You know, the door closes. like, Okay. Young woman in the elevator alone, probably here with a husband. Who knows? She could have a kid. She could be on a... Who knows who she is or what she is, but I sort of dreamt up this thing that she's probably... This woman is amazing. She's got to be with somebody, her husband or a boyfriend at the hotel. They've come here for a weekend trip. Mm -hmm. That was my sort of quick little diary note about and then a couple of days later I'm just hanging out and I and my connection for Nepal is coming up and I think it was at noon on a Wednesday so I went to the breakfast room like normal got breakfast and I got three hours to kill or something and uh then I hear this voice and this where I see this I see this woman with gorgeous black hair just out the corner of my eye and she's got this blue blouse on That's the first thing I see. Then something something about that glimpse, I just knew it was her and she said, oh, hello. Do you remember me from the elevator? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, but I, forgive me, I forgot your name. So, I remember she was from Iran, but I couldn't remember her, her name. name. Yeah. Because it was one of those names I've never heard. So it, sure, sure. And, and, and it was one of those regrets I almost had after the interaction. I was like, oh, I can't even remember the woman's name. She, she just blew my mind. Right. <laughs> so, and then she was, this was great, because then she was very forward and said, could I sit with you and have breakfast? Wow. And I was like, please do. Please, yes. Yeah. And she's smiling and she's got energy and life and she seems quite excited about living and we're talking about the basics that you do of like where you're from, what are you doing here, why are you here, when do you go. Hmm. And we were both flying out about noon. So this is both about our... And then we were talking and I was looking at the clock and she's like, what time do you got to go? And I was like, 11. And it was getting near 10, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, we got an hour then, And we were really just opening up to each other. And I told her my brief history, and she told me hers. And she was in Dubai to go to the American embassy. and That didn't work out so well. She was going back to Iran, and I was on my way to Nepal. And then we decided just to split, like... Uh, share uh, email addresses. Yeah. And I said, I'm on Instagram because I'm going on this trip and I've signed up Instagram. If you want to follow my trip. Yeah. You know? So as soon as I got to, uh, oh, and then in the hotel just as we left, I'd only known this woman an hour and a half. And then I I do this. I actually ask. I'm not afraid to ask. I said, would it be okay if I gave you a hug goodbye and maybe a kiss? And she said, she just sort of, there was, there was a body, there was a, there was a nod and a smile that said yes, you know? Yeah. So I kissed her on the cheek and gave her a, a hug and then we both didn't want to let go. Yeah. And then we have to take separate taxis because Dubai airport's weird. You, if you go into one terminal, it's on the other side of the airport. Sure, so, sure. So we have to take separate taxis and I thought, oh, okay, that was really sweet. What do yeah. I do now?
2: I go again, here I go again, here I go again. Listen to me now. It's five o'clock a.m., but the party is still going strong. There's a conversation over.
1: Hopefully, she'll. Sure say hello on instagram or something yeah. so every post i sent on instagram she was like ding like you know, yeah. or would comment you know sure yeah and then i had the best time in nepal to the point where i was like this is like turkey this is a place i could stay hmm. and just find my way around you know um yeah so that was that was quite incredible and where all, you stayed in Nepal the whole time? Didn't you kind of trekked around a bit as well, right? Yeah, well, I like Kathmandu. I really like the buzz of Kathmandu. Um, but then people said, oh, you have to go to this lake called Pokhara. So What's it called? Po- pokhara, Pokhara. pokhara. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, it's not much. I mean, Nepal is pretty small. Yeah. I mean, really, it's pretty small. And it's in uh, really harsh terrain. So it's not like they've got freeways and roads sure. going everywhere. So basically there's this one main road that goes up the middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> and, or the one highway. Yeah. And uh, Pokhara's uh, ends at this lake. And it's, a, it's kind of a destination for everybody. Um, there's nice houses on the lake. There's lots of temples there. You can go paragliding, you can swim in the river, or you can take a yeah. boat out and have a picnic. It's a very easy place to just spend time. Sure. So we got there and found out this great place to stay with this family. And it was great. Yeah. It's called um, Ice House Bocata, if anybody goes there. It's great House family. Bucata. Ice House Bocata. And uh, to wake up, got there in the evening, to wake up, and get some tea or coffee and then um, you just look up and instead of looking up at like a house or a tree there's just the Himalayas there just and just breaking out of the clouds yeah and you're like I can't this can't be real this cannot be real you know Twenty thousand plus foot peaks, just just standing just, there. Yeah, and there's just there's just this for hundred and eighty degrees, just peaks and snow wow. and peaks and snow. And some mornings you wouldn't know they were there because the fog, fog was so yeah. heavy. And then at four p.m. every day, the monsoon rains would drop, and that was so much fun because yeah, it's one of those yeah. places that floods within thirty minutes of them. Mo- yeah. Roads are flooded, and so uh, it's one of those places like you know. if you're going to stay out in the monsoon rains and just there's no clothing you can wear to keep you dry or an umbrella's pointless yeah um so every afternoon i'd be doing something and it'll be like oh here comes the rain and it's not that you don't run for shelter you just just get Soaked. soaked. and then you walk through the flooded streets and it's Mm. great and then that was a great experience it's a cool thing to take pleasure in getting soaked yeah. involuntarily yeah children in do it all the time with hoses and stuff yeah. we don't do it enough as a we does. don't no <laughs> I, there was a, um,
0: a, a brief aside in a Tom Robbins book he described you know getting rained on and one of the characters was you know, doing that hunched yeah. thing you do when you hunch but he observed two other people just just walking normally through yeah, the rain yeah. he was like why am I hunching It's not. I'm not getting any less wet and those people are just walking in a normal exactly. clip across the street. Uh, I, I try to remind myself of that when I'm getting rain. I'm like, oh, it's just, you will dry off. Yeah, the You've first monsoon to... rain that came,
1: I was like running between shelters and and, and Trying, canopies. Yeah. And like four seconds in that rain and you're like, I'm okay, well, I'm I'm already wet. And then yeah. another four or five seconds and within a minute of that rain, you're just drenched. Right. So you may as well enjoy it. Yeah. So it's, yes. yeah. Yeah. You will so I'd actually you look wet. forward to it
0: that has got me looking forward to the next time I get rained absolutely on absolutely soaking wet and it was
1: warm too so oh, which great. is another benefit yeah, yeah. if it was freezing cold it might have a different feeling yeah Hunching. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might, I might say like a screw it I'm not going out yeah yeah so Nepal was great but uh, I kept thinking about saravanizing and like you know, playing out those fantasies of like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll see her again. Maybe we'll go on a trip together or something. Just not really taking it too seriously, but just playing with it. So then I was communicating at this point on Skype, you know. Hmm. So I said to Saab, oh, looks like I've got another day in Kathmandu. That's not so bad, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> then she said something like, would you like to come visit Iran? She, she she invited me to her home, you know wow I was like, oh wow she wow it's like yeah, wow so then I was went online I then there was there's no uh there's no consulate mm. Iran doesn't have a consulate in Kathmandu um, but they do in Dubai, and I had to fly back to dubai and then went I, I did some more research and I was like, it's not going to happen uh, but then we talking more and I said, okay, well. If you want to, let's actually go on a trip somewhere, where could you go and she has very restricted places that she can go with an irani passport hmm. without yeah. a visa sure um so here was our choices to meet up for the first time after the dubai uh, Venezuela you don't need a they've got this deal with yeah. each other because yeah. uh, Venezuela' it's like mm, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen no um. The next one was uh, Turkey. And we thought, okay, Turkey, yeah, that could be good. Um, And then Armenia came up. And Armenia is a short hop for her. Extremely long flight for me. I I love flying. I love layovers. I love airport benches and $10 sandwiches. (laughs) I I love the whole airport city. Yeah. Yeah. I get to airports really early, and people watch. You definitely seem to me like the type who can I love enjoy it. I don't care if the, the plane's process. delayed. Yeah, it's always it's always fun. It's a good
0: travel tip, folks.
1: Yeah, take a page from JT's book. Get into it. Yeah, there's no point in getting upset if the plane's not if the plane's delayed. It's delayed. Uh, it's not the end of the world. It is not. Um, so we ended up with the aerovan. She'd been to Armenia before. It was an easy trip for her. So I said, like, hey, I've never been to Armenia, so let's go. And uh, so we spent a week in Armenia, eight days in Armenia.
0: This is your first time to hang out for yeah. more than three hours. Yes. You take an eight-day trip with a woman. Yeah, that is some I, bold <laughs> shit man that's amazing and we're that's in a hotel room and we yeah. don't
1: know and we don't we're not cooking or not doing regular things we right. just we just have we just have eight days of freedom just to get to know each other that's right into it man that's yeah great. so he's like <laughs> flew there and uh greeted her at the front of the hotel i wasn't quite sure even what to call her can i shorten your name to sarv or what do you you know what yeah uh, what kind of toothpaste do you like? Or, I hope you floss. You know. And, <laughs> do you like showers or baths? Do you like to walk? Do you like camping? Do you like car camping? Mm.
2: Do you like
1: any type of camping? Yeah. None, none. We don't know anything about each other. Wow. Um. I just know that uh, that we're having a great time. You know. Mm. So that. So then we had to split. Then we're like, okay, Yerevan, That was. That was. Not the greatest place to visit for cultural... And there's not a lot going on there. There's not a lot of vibe going on. Yeah. you know, It's a very old, quiet, old peaceful... World, old of. world, people are getting by, and that's about it. And it never shows up on the news, right? Sure, or, or, yeah. There's not much happening there. Um, then I said, hey, I've always loved Turkey. Yeah. How about our next trip? Let's take another trip. And she's like, oh, I'm not sure that was fun but i'm not really sure um like she didn't even, wasn't even quite sure She never spent that much time with an american man before yeah she wasn't quite sure what to expect you know and i'll talk about she would talk about her country and i talk about mine and and we'd be surprised at a lot of things you know yeah um so I said let's go to Turkey and then I said I know Turkey well I've walked around the whole thing twice wow and uh or busted around you know yeah I said this place in Bodrums I've never been a Bodrum because the, the the Bodrums one of these places it's a little bit like uh Carmel okay uh, seaside sort of. yeah I mean there's a lot of big cities in Turkey and then there's a lot of small villagey sort of seaside sure. places. Oh but Bodrum's got a nice mixture it's not too small it's got great it's it's got some really great hotels too so I found this amazing hotel with a spa and all that so then we did 12 days there wow Uh, it's 6 weeks after Yerevan i um, getting back on the plane. We go to, down to Bodrum. When I traveled around, I always avoided the, the, the high cost areas, and Bodrum is yeah. kind of one of them. Yeah. So we splurged and we did a great hotel, and, and it was in January, so there was almost nobody in this hotel. It was great. Yeah. Bodrum's really cool. <laughs> the boardroom we're like okay what do we do now I mean what do we do now what What, what are we doing what are we doing doing? doing? in three months we've gone on these two great trips what do we do now what are we supposed to do I mean what should we do yeah and neither one of us had you know relationship obligations or anything yeah it's a good spot to be in yeah so uh, then we said okay let's do this I said, why don't we look at renting an apartment in Turkey? You could live in the apartment and I could just drop by when I can.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to hit pause in this. I just want to take it back to you before. I don't know if you mentioned this in our conversation now, but like when you were talking to me about going to Nepal in the first place, you were, you know... uh, I would consider you an innately spiritual guy, not that you're going to church or worshiping, but you have an innate spirituality. Like you're just sort of a soulful, kind of uh, sensitive, passionate guy. And you are going to Nepal to like kind of clear your mind and, and, and experience something very different and sort of reset your life. And so you come back and you're like, I've met this woman and it's like the most, Incredible but complicated sort of love, um, scenario for love. Not necessarily imaginable, but it's a pretty, it's a heavy scenario that you've, you've fallen in love with someone who is from, in the American government's eyes, the axis of evil. You know, so you've got this nearly forbidden, you can't be in the same... She can't come to your country, you can't go to she her. can't just come to California for two weeks no no not, uh, and no. so like in an effort to like sort of clear your mind and do this simplification thing, you come back with this unbelievably complex <laughs> love and it's an undeniable thing. you had the wherewithal to be like, look, i love is love is love is love, and that's I'm feeling something other than what I was feeling when I left for nepal yeah and and then, so which brings us to your solution to the problem which one of the reasons I think you're such a cool guy (laughs) like well why don't we just rent an apartment in a foreign country that neither of us live in and I'll just drop by when I can (laughs) oh that's incredible man I I just I know it's your experience so it's hard to see it as so kind of not necessarily crazy but just sort of like a wild
1: sort of out there thing but
0: boy it's it's kind of
1: I get paid to not think I, I get paid to um People ask me what I do at work, but what I do is I get paid to disrupt everything that's yes. currently happening. Yes. And I do that with my own life. I disrupt any routine that I... Even routines that I'm okay with. Yeah. Uh, I try and disrupt them and, and, and not let them... I don't know what the word is. I try to disrupt the things at that work. That's what I do. I'm the disruptor. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, anything imaginable is... is like I was saying, I, I don't I don't I don't have a checkbox of right of how to do a relationship.
0: It strikes me that Well we you're... don't live
1: in the same country. Oh we can't do this then. No, yeah. Okay, we'll see you later. No. I'm gonna go find somebody that lives in no. lives in the Bay Area. Yeah yeah. No. no.
0: You you, I, you strike me as the kind of person who um, I, I always thought like asking the unanswerable question is where innovation and creativity come from. I mean, you're not necessarily going to answer the unanswerable question, but you're going to find out other things yeah, on the way on there. Yeah, the way, man. We wouldn't have the germ theory of disease were it not for somebody asking much more complicated questions than, are there little bugs that live inside you that make things work? You know, that you wouldn't answer those questions without ans- asking one that you can't answer. Yeah. And you're quite good at asking the unanswerable question. With innovation, which is, that's a hip way to be. That, that I think that's the best job description <laughs> I've ever heard you give, is that you're this sort of disruptor in
1: chief, I guess. Of disruptor your, of the norm. Yeah. I'm the disruptor of everything that's currently working well. <laughs> My job isn't to solve problems that are going bad, it's to look at what's going well and, and, and shake it up. Yeah. Because if it's going well, we can probably improve it. For but we ju- but. But nobody wants to improve it or touch it because it's working fine. The status quo is yeah. that. For it a works fine. It makes money, and people sure. are happy. Yeah. Why would you disrupt it? Well, we had to disrupt something before yeah. to get to this point where everybody thinks it's right. hunky door. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yes, uh, it was a normal thing. For, it was a no, it was a normal thought pattern to go. If I'm to spend time with this woman, what do I need to do? Yeah and if I really don't want to if I don't want this enough then I won't won't do it Mm. but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that having an apartment in Turkey is oh that that's just that's just crazy Uh, it's not that no it's not you just go rent an apartment yeah and if you don't want to keep the apartment anymore you stop renting it it's nothing it's just renting an apartment (laughs) the fact that it's in another 10 hours yeah yeah, the fact that it's 8,000 miles away yeah I know so many
2: places in
1: the world I follow the sun in my
2: silver plane You need a soul traveller 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 If you have a look that's <laughs> that's So this is what we... And and, and, yeah. and, and,
1: and, and Sarve is open to was open to learning about what makes me click. And, you know, it wasn't just like, I want to be with this woman. It seemed to be, and it is. It's, it's, I'm really interested spending more time with you too. Of course, of course. And uh, she had no real obligations in Iran that she had to stay there for her career or anything. Um, And what does she do? She's, um, she's a, she's a food technologist. Wow. Yeah. So she, um, and specializing in flour and grains. Very interesting combo, <laughs> yeah. For a, and I make bread and croissants, so yeah, a disruptive baker and a food genius, food scientist, yeah. yeah. So she's like, Yeah, moving to Turkey sounds great, yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine that would sound pretty good. And uh, and I say, Well, I've got some credit at work so I can take some more time off, so yeah. so we want <laughs> to get you out of there, so we got in a rental disrupt- car and uh and the, the town we were in there's quite like I say there's quite a few Iranians there and uh, we had a friend of a friend put us in touch with a real estate guy and, and he showed us some apartments and negotiated the price which is always quite fun I can imagine and told me not to speak really? yes this is the greatest thing let me do the talking sort of thing <laughs> well it was like don't let them know that you're an American you know, normally you walk in an apartment, you go, oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, this view, this, this stove, this kitchen is going to be great, you know. But uh, it was like, "Like, be quiet. If they, if they hear you're an American or British or whatever, then they'll come back with a higher price. Okay. Because there's no sign that says $1,200 a sure. month. Sure. It's-, it's, it's all negotiated. To ben. And the guy that we knew, uh, knew a guy of a guy, and, and and it was like when you see the apartment, don't react at all. Just look at the apartment, and Sarv would talk in Farsi, and that will be fine, you know. And then. Uh and then if you like the apartment give me a call and I'll call the other guy of the guy and so, we'll we'll come up with a price so it was quite fun it wasn't like it wasn't your, there's no, there's no, no. Pa- there's no credit app no paper yeah there's a paper tra- there's a real lease to sign but that that's it quite an experience too because the owner this is my experience the owner wants to meet you the person who actually owns the apartment building wants to meet you they want to see if you're this is how this is the credit app is is a physical face. To So, uh, the guy shows us the apartment. We like it. We call the guy, the other guy, and he, they come up with a roundabout price. And then it's like, okay, we're going to go to this office and we're going to meet the owner and have tea. So we show up and the tea's going and everyone's just sort of sitting around. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no clear document to sign or anything. There's nothing clear about what's going on, and we're there like 45 minutes, and then one guy gets on the computer and says, "Okay, oh, okay, this is the address on the lease. Okay, we're actually gonna get to this lease signing here." Yeah. And so there's no sign, you know, sign on first month free, nothing like that. No, 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 you just start no. paying rent. And then the guy shows up every month on the eighth, and we give him cash, and we he signs a piece of paper. So renting an apartment in Turkey is very simple to do. So I go down there for three weeks to open up this apartment with Saf. Then her friends comes to visit to keep her company when I'm not there. Was it furnished, or are you buying? Yeah, no, totally it furnished. Oh, okay. Furnished with internet, swimming pool, elevator. Three seventy-five a month. Oh, you're kidding me. Three hundred seventy-five bucks a month. Wow. Half a mile from the Mediterranean. Wow four coffee shops open till midnight on the corner selling euros and sal- tabbouleh tabouli salad oh for almost nothing and then a farmer's market at the end of the street yeah and that so you've
0: it's been over a year right the yeah in there.
1: fact our, our lease has just run out but we're waiting for the embassy so we've asked the guy for another month and he said oh, sure. so yeah the embassy now yeah. now you um all right, so tell me the rest. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. so, so, so um, so, um, the very early on in this relationship, I said to Sarve, you know, I, I was willing to rent an apartment and everything, and I, you know, yeah, I said, Hey, why don't we get married? Will you marry me? Come and live with me and start your new life in America. And she was like, Whoa. <laughs> It's like a great great answer what is you know but then a few hours later she said I will marry you I'd love to marry you and I was like really and she's like yeah so I said okay when I get back to the states and I'm gonna find a lawyer and we'll do it and we'll do it and I know of fiance visas it's not an un- unknown thing Yeah. so I found an Iranian lawyer in San Francisco that specialized in people from iraq afghanistan and uh iran to get their paperwork through the system yeah and he's irani too and uh so uh i hired him when we started the paperwork which should have taken less time but so i've said this is going to take a long time i said no no the lawyer said six months he's like no nothing no no nothing takes Six months doesn't take six no, months. No, no, no. So here we on. are, it's 13 months later. Yeah. And she's been living in the apartment and I've been visiting five times since I rented the apartment. Yeah. And, uh, but we we just recently got word from our lawyer that everything got approved and finalized and now we have to go to an embassy for an interview. Mm. And uh, Saab wanted to go to Abu Dhabi, as she calls it, or Abu Dhabi, um, because that was a that's a friendlier U.S. embassy for Iranians. It's kind of in that community. So they're familiar with Iranians, and yeah, because uh, there's there's not that many embassies in the area that you know would even experience Iranians coming in and talking. Yeah, yeah. So Abu Dhabi, you know, uh, uh, know, United Arab Emirates is very cosmopolitan. Yeah, U.S. has got a large embassy there. so we requested Abu Dhabi um, because Sav was like, no, I know people have been at Abu Dhabi. They're a lot friendlier. Um, it's okay, but we ended up with Ankara, central Turkey capital, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm heading back there next week and going to take a whole lawyer's briefcase full of documents and banks and wow. real estate and support documents and... Affidavits. And, and it hangs in
0: the balance, right? There's someone who has a stamp at the other end of that conversation
1: who can say yay or nay. Yeah, a, a K-1 fiancé visa is not... It sounds straightforward when you get the... Okay, you submit documents, you get approved, they give you the visa. Mm. Or you submit documents, they don't feel that this is okay, and they say, sorry, we decline. So... Back in December, we got the news that my application was accepted for a K-1 fiancé visa. And what we thought was... That you guys... We got the visa. We're great. Sure. All we got to do now is wait for the embassy to say, come and pick it up. But Sarah said, no, no, it's, uh, there's going to be an interview. I know it. I know it. And I yeah. said, I'm approved. We're approved. Mm. Well, not we're approved. I'm approved. This so you- all my documents... Basically, my government said you can okay, have a fiance. <laughs> you, you can have a fiance come to the country, and uh, and if you guys get married, she can stay. Okay, fair enough. Um, her part of the visa has was accepted based on just the paperwork. Her 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 university. Sure. um Her her her. All of her paperwork's panning out, and nothing seems strange. And she was never convicted of a serious crime, right? Because you have to get police reports. Sure, and we had to get a police report from Turkey too, yeah. for the embassy to prove that she hadn't been found, you know, in arrears of any sort of yeah. She hasn't, control. you know, you know, got caught shoplifting in mm-hmm. Turkey. And, sure, yeah. so she's got a clean record. We both a clean. Rec. I've never cheated the government for taxes. Yeah which if you've ever stiffed the government with taxes, there's no way you're going to get a K-1 visa. Everywhere. Really? Yeah. They're digging through it, huh? They've yeah, they dig through everything. If you true. ever... Yes. Um, personal stuff is fine. Yeah. You know? But if you've ever cheated the government or tried to swindle the U.S. government out of taxes... They get you, huh? Uh, they'll be like, nope, not giving you that visa. I mean, just the
0: fact that you took... That sort of love at first sight sort of thing is a real phenomenon. You know, uh, it's hard to prove that that is what happened to you for sure, I I get it, but that you would then on your first real date as an eight-day holiday together in a foreign (laughs) city to which neither of you have ever been, (laughs) boy, that seems like proof (laughs) to me, you know, that, I mean, if you can prove that you're both in the same room the whole time, uh, (laughs) one wasn't staying at another hotel, I just think,
1: man, that's that's head first, that's a real, uh, that's a test. Okay, so the first day was eight days. Yeah. The second date was twelve days in Bodrum. In the a, third day was an apartment. And, and the third date was renting an apartment <laughs> <Man>. together.
0: <laughs> that's the relationship. We're talking about
1: speed dating. Good lord, man. That's third so date takes. we're living together. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The fourth but you know, and into the third date we've got a lawyer to get pieces. Yeah users, uh, So we can, so we can marry. Them? Yeah.
0: I mean that's mm.
2: whew
0: that's some powerful to have something as powerful as love now sitting in the hands of a
1: stamp a yeah, so this gets back to the embassy apparently the embassy well the embassy's got to protect sure. its, its its decision totally get making it. totally get and um we did actually apply for a, a, a british visa just for her to visit mm. Um, but the, her British visa was denied because they feared that she was trying to come in the country and then claim refugee status. Oh. Uh, yeah. From persecution or, sure. or faith or political. Um, because, you know, Sarah says herself, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get out of Iran and a lot of countries... Mm-hmm. That are feeling pressure from everywhere, North Africa, everywhere, yeah, to yes, so. uh, to bring people in, you know. Yeah. And uh, in, in, in uh, from from the Iranian community perspective, well, there's lots of people knocking on the door, so it's kind of easy to knock. Oh, well, that's Iran. We, we no, there's nowhere we're going to consider them, you know. Sure. They're an easy one to kick kick aside, right? And uh, it's really difficult.
0: And uh, to, to put this all in perspective, um, I think 13 months. So, yeah, I remember when you came back and were like, hey, I've fallen in love with this girl from Iran. Uh, and it was like a week later, we're like, oh, and fuck, Trump is now the president. You know, it was just oh, yes, like the worst, right. <laughs> just cold. That's <laughs> right, in January the
1: uh, the Iran gets on the six. Yeah, activist. yeah. It's like he's being sworn
0: in as you're, you know, filling out paperwork. I mean, just could not be a worse scenario for openness in this country. You know, with the guy at the helm who's literally talking about building walls and kicking Muslims out and banning Muslims. I mean, Jesus.
1: What what he really did is is not that he signed any. It's not that he signed like Iranis can't come here, right? But he put such a lot of confusion. Like even my lawyer said, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, we have no idea what this president's going to say. That's what we every have, sector. We have no the, idea what this yeah. president's going to wake up tomorrow and say. No, I've asked Justice Department or State Department to. Uh, ban any people coming in from iran for the sure. indefinite future it doesn't matter what reason so all of this whole uh visa thing that was going on this time last year um there was a few exceptions um one of them was diplomatic of course right which always gets an exception right the other one was there was in the second or third round of what he proposed was well if you have If you already have a connection with somebody or some entity or university or business, then you can still go through the process. But if you're just somebody that says, I want to come, uh, you know, you're off the list. Yeah. Uh, My name's uh, Fashid and I want to visit America for two weeks to go shopping in New York. It's like you're not never going to get a visa you don't know anybody here, you know, again, an easy, an easy group to kick aside. Sure, you know? sure. And it plays well into people's fears, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we should keep Iranis out, Afghanis out, yep, Syria. Yeah, let's keep them all out because they're really... so. That's a real problem for us. You have a
0: genuine love story. I mean, you are in love with this woman that you, you know... I saw her standing there. I mean, it's an yeah. old... Thing you know, you saw this woman, you fell in love. You've got this, and I'm sure it's not just been a, a fairy tale romance. It's got to be difficult
1: being eight thousand miles apart and com- communicating via Skype. And you know, I mean, and you go there and you say, "This is hopefully this is the last time I'll leave oh, you here," and it's been five more times. And yeah, five more you're times. saying, "I think I'm going to hear something soon," and you don't, and you don't. Yeah. So, and, and then there's financial. Yeah. I mean, it's it's relatively cheap to rent an apartment. But it's not that you, you add everything up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's an income. It doesn't yeah, it it doesn't make financial sense to do a lot of things in life that we actually do, but well, doesn't make financial sense for you to yeah, spend money on your red house. Yes. and stop working. No, but it does not make <laughs> any
0: financial sense at all, but that's uh some of the best sense out there, I think is nonsense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the funnest anyhow. But I I just, I really, uh, I hope love wins today for you
1: and for Sarve. I really look forward to meeting her. Yeah, you will. That could be sad. Uh, 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 I mean, I'm believing it's going to happen. Yeah. Because my lawyer says there's there's nothing really, there's nothing fishy, there's nothing that doesn't smell right, there's nothing bogus.
0: By the time this podcast comes out, You'll know. All right. Yeah. So we're we'll we're have looking into in the, the future. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I do the intro for this, I'll hopefully be able to say. Um, maybe I'll leave it for Tiffany to say at the very end of the podcast. And, yeah. and the story ends. <laughs> Question mark. Yes.
1: Thanks, man. Sure. Thanks for doing this. Sure. This is quite interesting.
2: made it doesn't matter to me if you stuck around for the whole thing or just skipped ahead to hear me either way I'm just glad you're here I have the privilege of telling you how this story ends but first I want to say a big thank you to a few people Emily Thomas in New Orleans we love you Tim and Susie Myers your friendship means the world to us thank you for being so generous and to all of our Patreon subscribers we appreciate every bit of you I hope we don't let you down And to all of the friends and family who have been sharing our posts on Facebook and Instagram, it helps. It really helps. Okay, so JT and Sarvanas are going to the embassy this week. I hoped we would have an answer for you today, but sadly, we haven't heard back yet. We will post a note on the Patreon page so others can hear the whole episode spoiler-free. Thanking you!